Welcome to the latest episode of Script and Pencils, the comic book creator podcast from thecomicrush.com. I'm your host Paul, and before we start this week's show, just a quick reminder that our Patreon helps keep the site and our podcast running, and just $2 a month means the site stays ad-free. If you like what we do, and want more great content, follow us on Twitter, at thecomicrush. Like our comicrush.com page on Facebook, and check out our other great podcast, from panels to pictures, on Spotify or on the site, thecomicrush.com, where you can stream or download all our pod content. You can follow me, at manrecomic, on Twitter and Instagram. On this episode, we talk to Joel Meadows, Editor-in-Chief of Tripwire, the genre website. Joel is also a freelance journalist and editor who has been working in the comics industry for over 20 years. Tripwire began its life as a magazine made by comic fans for comic fans, and eventually grew into a website covering not only comics and graphic novels, but film and TV too. Joel and I discuss bringing Tripwire back to its roots with the publication of a special edition of the print magazine, which is due in October this year. This new edition is being brought to life via Indiegogo and you can support their campaign there, but hurry, because the first stage of the campaign closes on 24th of May. You can follow Joel on at JoelMeadows1 and Tripwire on at RealTripwire and keep up with all their latest news on tripwire-magazine.com. Now, on with the show. So Joel, thanks so much for being with us again. Um, we, we've spoken quite a few times in the past. We have. It's always good to, to chat to you. But this is an unusual one because now we're, we're chatting about Tripwire the magazine. Yes. Now, when did Tripwire begin as a magazine? Well, it, it officially started in uh, the end of February of 1992, but we actually put out a print magazine that we called The Review, which was a rather primitive embryonic mag uh, when I was 19, I would, been, I would have been 18, I think, in 1991, which was a very basic A4 sort of fanzine. And then about a year later, we put out the first issue of uh, what would become the magazine. And as I said, it came out the same weekend they launched Vertigo, which was yeah, February the 29th, 1992. So it's quite a few years ago now. <laughs> very much so. And when did the magazine sort of publish its final issue? The last print issue we did was in the summer of 2011, which was issue 55, I think we called it. We also did a 20, let me get this right, a 21st anniversary book in 2013. So that was a physical print edition, so I guess you could argue that came out in May of 2013. So the last print issue was 2011, but the last sort of print entity, if you like, was 2013. So it's been quite a while. Before we get into the sort of new iteration of the magazine, I, I do just want to ask some questions about um, the sort of work of, of putting out a print version initially what was it that sort of um brought an end to the physical magazine and i don't mean that in a kind of confrontational way but just I, i'm just curious from a business sense what what kind of factors contribute to deciding to move onto the web well, I mean, I guess the main thing was it, it got harder and harder to get any actual advertising for the magazine. And so which we made a decision in 2011, and then we did a one-off anniversary book in 2013, but that was a book rather than the magazine. But it got harder and harder to get sort of paid ads from companies to keep it going. Uh, and we were still getting orders through from Diamond and, and through the sort of book trade. Uh, but I think I think borders had gone by this point, or if they hadn't gone, they were about to go. I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably don't even remember, but there was and they were a very good chain and we used to sell quite well through them and, and with their demise it made it a lot harder um, so there was a two year gap we experimented with a digital edition of the magazine which wasn't particularly successful in 2000 and 
11 or 12, I think it was, and then 13, and then, uh, sorry, I think it was after the anniversary, sorry, I think it was 13 actually, and then 2015, we started up the website. Okay, and, and so then I, I'm curious as to if we jump forward to 2019, which is when I, I remember you mentioning to me you were talking about putting out a print edition again. Yes. What makes you then lean back towards print? Well, I do miss, I miss having a physical object that you work on. I mean, a website is, is, is amazing. You can update it. You can put up as much as you want and you can, you can, you can amend things if there are mistakes in it but, and you can react really quickly to things that happen. But there's something really nice about having a physical magazine or, or a book or something in your hands. You know, like last year, Insight published the studio book and it was really nice to have a physical object. There's something about having something tangible. It's the reason why I don't think print comics will ever quite go away. Because people still like to have physical objects in their hands, and I think it's the same principle for magazines. I mean, I guess people say I'm a masochist, which I may around a little bit, but uh, I do like I do like having a physical object. I suppose any of us that are still buying and collecting physical media are, are masochists somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but as you say, there is something about it, which I, I guess there's a whole generation out there that perhaps won't quite realise the the sort of benefits of and and I'm not sure that personally I can I can put my finger on it myself mm. but there is something about having a, a physical object in I mean, your hand I mean, the other thing just from a sort of basic point of view is if you're for example you're interviewing an artist and you want to showcase their art I mean stuff looks fine on screen but stuff looks even more impressive in a, in a print magazine or a book if you think about people's work I mean We've interviewed a number of artists for the new uh, print mag, and you know their work will really pop on a on a physical printed page, which will look absolutely fine on the web. It'll be absolutely fine on your on your screen, and your phone, your tablet, or your computer. But you know, it really showcases people's work in a way that digital just can't. Yeah, it's very true. There there is something quite intoxicating about the thing, and I, I personally love magazines, and I especially love well designed. Um, uh, magazines that showcase visual elements really well, as as I'm yes. sure Tripwire did as a magazine. See, I I kind of missed it as a mag itself. I think because I was probably either in and out of comics at the time during yeah. that whole sort of nineties to early two thousands period, or I just didn't have the money to buy a magazine about comics on top of the comics, and yeah. <laughs> you know. But from what I understand, in the, in, in the back issues I've read, it, it was a terrific magazine. Now, how many of you were involved in the decision to kind of bring Tripwire back to, to print? Well, I guess it was mainly, it was mainly me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one that kind of made the choice about bringing it back. I mean, it has been... Yeah, we, I've been thinking about bringing a print mag back um, for from the latter half of last year is when I sort of started to seriously think about it. And what, what made you want to bring it back? What what was it that kind of kicked that off in your head? I don't know. I just, as I said, I just missed, I missed having a, a physical magazine and, and, and trying to use it to its kind of advantage, that, the stuff that we couldn't do, you know, on, on the website. I, I just, I started to think about what would be nice to, I sort of came out with sort of a wish list of features of what I'd like to cover, and I wanted to make it quite broad. I mean, what, what's been interesting is I've been trying to reflect you know, what's a very changed industry. I mean, you know, nine years is nearly a decade is a hell of a long time. Uh, quite a few things have changed. There are still, you know, certain constants, you know, obviously talent and, and quality will out, hopefully, always. But, you know, in terms of people's approach, 
just the way that people engage with comics is very different now to the way it was, you know, nine or ten years ago. And the whole world away from, you know, 28 years ago when we started the magazine, just had a very simple A4 thing. I mean, there were no Marvel movies. There was no there were no comic shows on TV. It's a whole different world. You know, comic conventions were, were fairly small affairs then. Just think that things were so different. Very true. Yeah, and I suppose one of the things with print is it does feel more permanent in a way. Yes, that's true. In terms of the the content of the magazine, what can we expect with this new issue? It's just, it, it, you're putting out one special, am I correct? Well, initially, yes. I mean, we've been hit by the uh, the interesting developments around the world, so it'll probably come out slightly later. It was originally supposed to come out in May, but because of what's happened, it's more likely to come out around about October. But, I mean... A lot of the content is going to remain. Um, we, we have got, a, we've, you know, we've got a very strong mix. We've got a Neil Gaiman feature. We've got a piece on Richard Stanley, the film director, who's come back with Color Out of Space. Uh, we have a Ram V interview. Um, we have a Kieran Gill interview, which we're probably going to have to update because it really depends on how many issues of Once and Future uh, we'll be putting out. So, I mean, it's still a really good meaty interview. And, and Kieran, as you know yourself, is, a, is an exceptional um, interview subject. Um, so we've got that. We've got um, 80 years of the Joker, 80 years of the Flash. We're going to be including a couple of new things we weren't going to be including because it'll probably be out in October. There's going to be a James Bond feature and possibly a, a new James Bond cover because the film, as you know, has been put back to November now, so we thought we would celebrate uh, the various iterations of Bond over the years. Um, and the other thing we're planning to do is we're planning to have a piece actually about how the virus and, and the changes in the comic industry have changed comics. We're sort of waiting for the dust to settle with that. We want to write a really nice, meaty, effectively like a kind of, almost like an insight piece that you'd have in a newspaper, looking at what this means, what the long-term repercussions are for all of the changes. And as I said, we don't know what they are at the moment. We're waiting to see when the dust settles, to be honest with that. So Yeah, it's kind of a strange time for, for our industry. And it, it's interesting watching what's happening and also obviously from just a fan's point of view quite scary because the the accessibility of new physical comics has greatly diminished down to, yeah, to next to nothing but i think it will, it will come back i think this is just a temporary this is a temporary blip i think we will i mean it will be a very changed landscape the amount of comic shops both over here and in the u.s there will be less of them sadly and obviously it will have an impact on the industry but I th i'd like to think that you know, the comics can adapt and evolve. I think I think we're going to have to, obviously, because it's been forced upon us. I think there will still be comic shops. I mean, obviously, the high street, I mean, blimey, over here, high street was had a massive knock thanks to Brexit, and this has almost put the final nail in the coffin, if you like. I mean, our economy is going to be suffering a hell of a lot, but, you know, I'd like to think we can get through it. And I don't think the big companies, you know, I think that, that they, you know, they, they wouldn't be keen on the industry actually kind of going away. So I think that they'll be, you know, at the moment, they're doing their damnedest you know, to make sure that, what, you know, there will be something afterwards. What shape or form that takes, I've got no idea at the moment, but, you know, I think it is. So it is kind of weird that this, you know, publishing the magazine has kind of forced us to think about what the hell is going on generally, you know, and take a long, hard look at that stuff. Do, do you miss being involved in the sort of uh, monthly magazine element? A uh, little. I mean, we were never, well, we were monthly. We were briefly monthly. I mean, I did enjoy having to think about content and having to come up with cover ideas. And it was it was something really nice about it. I mean, the hope is, you know, is that the quarterly, the one-shot does decently well, that we can actually do it as a quarterly at some point. So we do it now in October, and then hopefully 
we do another issue kind of February, March of next year, and then we try and build it up, you know, in 2021, because we have some plans that relate to the magazine indirectly. We want to, we want to bring it back. You know, I think people still have an appetite for content, for physical content, I think. You know, and it's just about trying to adapt to the, the changing market. Very true. I mean, I, I, I still buy old copies of the Comics Journal, and in fact, whenever I see old comics magazines, I'll try and nab them. Of course, they're great. I mean, they're, they're just amazing just as, a, as an artifact, you know, of, of the time that they were published in. I mean, I, 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 was, I was going through the old, I mean, there is going to, as well as new content, the, the mag is going to include some archive material. So, like one of our old Alan Moore interviews, and also an old Frank Miller interview. And, and it's just kind of weird. It's weird looking back at the old magazines we used to put out because we, 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 we covered so much ground that I, I actually forgot a, a number of the things that, we, that we'd done back in the day, which is kind of weird, but we did put out a lot of issues and we did cover a lot of, a lot of creators and a lot of series, so I guess it's not that surprising. How can people support this? Uh, well, at the moment, what we're doing, we're, we're doing what's going to end up being a slightly bizarre Indiegogo campaign, because basically what we're doing is we're running running on Indiegogo at the moment, but we're not going to hit our target. I mean, I've been very appreciative that people have been supporting us and been putting money in, but we're not going to hit our target. What we're going to do is we're going to basically run it to the 11th of May, and then we'll suspend it, and then we'll relaunch it again. But the way we figure it is that the money that we've already got in, we'll just put that aside and we utilise that towards when we actually do publish now, which will be probably September, October time. So supporting us now is, is, is not wasted, as I said, because you know the, the money will still uh, will still very much go towards publishing the print mags. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so, I mean it will be back through Diamond um, at some point. But obviously, Diamond is is currently um, <laughs> you know it's, it's sort of being suspended. So we have to wait and see. But I mean, we have got we have sort of got a deal to run it through Comixology as well. But we wanted to wait until things were a little bit more stable to do that. So yeah, so we can still support uh, the Tripwire magazine campaign on Indiegogo, and at some point they'll be able to order it from Diamond or or through the direct market, and also digitally through Comixology. And we will probably offer it directly ourselves again down the line once once things get a bit more stable. In terms of the the sort of funding campaign services that you used for this what were the advantages of say going with indiegogo over kickstarter for example well to be honest i mean it's a very simple one uh with kickstarter you put your project up and if you don't get you know if you, if you get 99 percent of what you're looking for you don't get a penny whereas with uh, indiegogo if you don't hit your target they take a slightly higher cut and if you do take hit your target then take a, a smaller cut so i think we were guaranteed to get something. That's the main reason why I decided to use Indiegogo rather than Kickstarter. Even though there's probably, I imagine there's less people who look at Indiegogo. So that was that was the main. I think that was the main reason. Right. And what what are you most looking forward to, to sort of reading when when the magazine is finally back in print? What's what's sort of really kind of keeping you going during this period of uncertainty that we're all in right now? Oh, you mean in terms of you mean in terms of comic titles or? Uh, in terms of the content that you're going to put in the the magazine, uh, well, I'm, I'm very pleased. We have a very very nifty. We have a Neil Gaiman. Um, it's a kind of a career retrospective that Ollie Magnamy wrote, which is which is a very good, a very heartfelt piece. I mean, Ollie's he's a friend of mine, and he runs uh, the Comic Con website, and he's a he's a very good writer. And he's very passionate, and he loves comics, and he's it's great to speak to him because he kind of buoys you. And, you know, if you're feeling a bit down, he's great because he's always been a, an amazing ambassador for for comics. So there's that. I'm quite pleased with the Kieran Gillen piece. It will. It's one of these things where it'll probably end up 
taking a slightly different shape because I've said to Kieran I have to go back to him and perhaps update some of the interview because of just the nature of these things because we're going to make it a little I mean it's not quite topical but we try to design them to make sure they weren't that topical so that way if we did have to put the magazine back or well, I didn't obviously foresee this then it, w- it wouldn't be a major problem um, we've got a lot of good stuff I'm very proud of the content um, we'll be able to have a, a prisoner photo piece because we went to Port Marion last August so I took some pictures there so that, that's going to be quite a nice piece. Um, interview with a guy called Alistair Little, who's a, he's an illustrator. He's friends with Jock, and he started work years ago. He worked as a model maker on the, the original Judge Dredd movie in, you know, 1995. And he's got a fascinating career. He's a very talented artist. So, again, it's, it's about trying to shine a light on stuff that people are not necessarily that familiar with. And that's what we always used to do that. We used to cover people that people knew as well. But also, I mean, the early 90s, you know, we used to cover a lot of the, you know, the early Vertigo titles and creative people like Pete Milligan and Frank Quitely and kind of earlier Morrison. So we've always wanted to try and point people in the direction of interesting stuff and try and cover things that other people don't. Like we've interviewed Scott Dunbier twice. He does the artist edition books for Mighty W. And I can't think of many other people who would interview an editor like that. So we'd, we'd like to try and do things a little bit differently. Yeah, and is it, it? How does it feel for you putting your fandom and your passion into this this physical object that pe- other people can then go out and read and interact with? I mean, I, I'm very proud, and I try and make sure that the you know that everything's you know that the quality is there. It does it does feel it, it feels very nice. I mean, it's very you know, I really appreciate the fact that people are prepared to throw their money into this, you know, to buy something that we that we put together. It is you know I, I'm I'm very chuffed, and I've done this you know for a long time. The website is a similar principle, obviously it's. The, the only money obviously comes from advertising and people can access the, the content for free but you know, I, I do feel very gratified that people continue to read my stuff many many decades after I first started doing this and, and do, you, do you find the passion is still there like the in, interest in comics is still there for you it, 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 that sort of youthful kind of exuberance that we, we kind of all had I guess when we first started reading well I, I would be lying if I, if I didn't if I, if I said I wasn't more jaded than I used to be but I can still you know, find joy in things, and I can still admire people's work. And you know, sometimes it's not that easy, but it is. It's definitely possible. There are there are some very talented people out there. I mean, we're trying to cover some kind of newer creators as well. I mean, it's quite hard to keep up because, as you know yourself, there are so many kind of creators out there, and it's uh, you know, it, it is hard sometimes to keep up. But I like, you know, I, I still love comics. I still, you know, I still feel privileged that I'm able to play a you know a very small part in in, in this, basically, in the kind of comics industry. You know, it is still something that I do enjoy, and I enjoy seeing features come together, and, and I enjoy, you know, laying things out and, and looking at them, and thinking, and coming out with concepts, and thinking, you know, what would work. You know, we've got the 80th anniversary of Joker piece, which isn't quite finished at the moment, but I've come up with a, what I think is quite a nifty design for the sort of first two pages of the spread, and just trying to come up with different stuff, and also trying to ape magazine layouts that I've liked in the past from other magazines, and just to things and play around with things a little bit i i quite enjoy doing that and that is very satisfying yeah i, I guess it, it kind of scratches that artistic itch that, that yes, i guess exactly. as you know that, that some of us have but perhaps can't always actualize no no exactly well i mean I, i'm really looking forward to, to reading this joel i i, I actually you. can't wait to get a, 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 my hands on a copy of a physical comics magazine again especially oh gosh, one really nice. I mean the covers we, we commissioned a Flash 8th anniversary cover from a friend of mine David Michael Beck which has got Barry Allen uh, Wally West and it's also got Jay Garrick on it as well it's a really it's, a, it's an incredible piece 
Um, and, was, and we're looking at probably commissioning a, a James Bond cover now as well. You know, that's the thing with the with the change in the schedule that we've we're, we're going to be including probably what will end up being possibly a third cover <laughs> for the magazine because you know Bond is a big deal and there's been all the Dynamite Bond comics and Bond has had a you know a affiliation with comics as well and, and it's such a you know it's such a big year with the last Daniel Craig film coming out. And, I think it's interesting to look back. We'll look back at comics. We'll also look back at, you know, the five, or is it six now? Five Craig films, isn't it? Um, so it's just interesting to give us the opportunity to do that. So, you know, the delay may well be advantageous in the long run to us because we've been able to include some stuff in there that we wouldn't have done if we published in May. So that, that might be a good thing. And as I'm looking at the way the industry is changing, that would be very interesting to look at that, to talk to people and to get their perspective on on all the changes that we're looking at at the moment. And then, well, I say once the dust settles, we should see what, what position... I mean, comics will still be around. It'll be a very different place, I think. Definitely, and it'll be be certainly very interesting to see what's going to happen, but also, you know, quite a worrying time. Well, it is, of course. It is It is, it is frightening, but I think, as I said, I think I think it will... It'll still be around. It'll just be a, a different beast. And, and sadly, some shops, you know, will close. I mean, it's, it's very, very sad. It's awful. I mean, it's terrifying. People don't know where their livings are. I mean, that's the other thing is that when we launched the Indiegogo, we didn't realise this obviously was going to happen. Um, and as I said, we're very appreciative that people have been supporting the Indiegogo because, to be quite blunt, there are far more important things to spend your money on at the moment. You know, things like food and rent and, and just living. So I'm very grateful that we, we've had people already throw a bit of money on there. And, you know, whatever people can spare, even if they can't, we completely understand that if people could spare anything, it would be, you know, it's, it would be gratefully received and just feel very very lucky and you know people are very generous with their time and some are very generous obviously you know with their with their money as well so it's, i think it is a you know it is a community and it is i feel very grateful you know we're a very small part of it yeah and i'm, I'm sure they're a little looking forward to seeing this magazine back in print and i certainly am and, and hopefully uh one day uh back to quarterly again as well well hopefully that's the plan and you know it's because it's going to be full color and perfect bound and and glossy, so it's going to be a really nice mag. I want it to be an object that people want to go back to, so that once they buy it, I'd like them to be able to dip back into it and just have it on their shelves. I mean, IDW is full bleed, which unfortunately kind of fell off the schedule a little bit for a number of different reasons. So it'll be on their control. It's a very nice looking mag. We're not going to be hardback, but I want us to be an object that people want to keep, that I want people to return to. Yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I think I certainly enjoy sort of rereading comics articles and things. So, uh... I mean, also there's a strip section which I forgot about. There's a we we have this uh, strip section which we call Tripwire. Stripwire. So there's going to be a Sherlock Holmes short story which I've written. There's a Roger Langridge read the clown. There's a number of other sort of strip section content which we're still finalising. But again, we thought it'd be quite nice to have a strip section in the magazine because you know everyone loves comics. And it's just it's, it's a nice format to run it in as well. And it's just something extra in the magazine for people to pick up as well as features. They've also got strip content as well. Yeah, and, and, and again, something I'd, I'd definitely like to read, especially if you're, you're doing a story in there, Joe. That's just leading to a, a sort of quite a grand graphic novel. This alternate world, Sherlock Holmes, thing called Sherlock Holmes, The Empire Builders, which is sort of what if, uh, what if Watson left and joined forces and he's the one who creates he sort of discovered the DNA double helix with Crick and he gets hired by Oswald Mosley who is the Prime Minister of this alternate world to create an army of super soldiers and Holmes has to go head to head with him so it's a very grand adventure which I've been working on on and off for a hell of a long time but I, I do I'll finally went back to that so I do remember you talking to me about it before actually so the artist on that Andy Bennett has been, he's been 
sending me character sketches. He's been working on the pages. He's a very talented artist. Very lucky. He's incredibly talented. So fantastic. So anyway, Joel, thank you very much for that. Thanks. Thanks again, Paul. Always a pleasure to be on here. Thank you, and we look forward to uh, to, to to seeing more from the magazine. And uh, we'll have a link on the the website itself for the Indiegogo yeah. campaign yeah. while that's running. But Joel, thank you very much. Brilliant. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye. Thanks very much. Remember, you can support the Tripwire campaign on Indiegogo right now until the first stage closes on 24th of May. You can follow Joel on at JoelMeadows1 and Tripwire on at RealTripwire, as well as checking out their website, tripwire-magazine.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Comic Crush, like thecomiccrush.com page on Facebook, and check out thecomiccrush.com every week for new comics content. And you can follow me at ManRecomic on Twitter and Instagram. Our Script and Pencils podcast and our comic book film and TV podcast from Panels to Pictures are available to stream or download from thecomiccrush.com or available on Spotify. If you like our site and our pods, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where just $2 per month helps keep the site running and ad-free. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Crush.